Front office, please hold. If it's in the game, it's in the game. And welcome back, everyone, to the Front Office Podcast. Kev, Jet, and Kyle back for another week. It is Wednesday evening. Gentlemen, what's going on? Chilling. Chilling. We're still doing this thing, eh? Still doing it. Still doing it, Kev. <laughs> uh, it's like one of those things where every time you think you're out, we pull you back in. You know Groundhog Day with Bill Murray? <laughs> It's a lot like that. <laughs> great, great movie. Um, anyways, the front office podcast, as always, would not be where we are without our pals at the Smoke Shack and BTP Smokehouse. Kev, you know what the promo code is. FOP10. F-O-P-10 on your online checkout for the best barbecue food you will ever eat. and. To our other pals at Human 2.0, a world-class fitness facility in Ottawa, Ontario, register for one of their free trial classes. You mention the podcast, and you will get a second one. So, gentlemen, we've had a week to kind of digest everything that's gone on in the NFL offseason since last week. What are your, you know, kind of knee-jerk reactions to, you know, now that the dust has settled, you know, who's come out on top so far in the offseason in your eyes? Well, you know my pick. <laughs> we all know my pick. Kev's, Kev's making the team that. The in L.A. that is the actual good team in L.A. Kev's California dreaming, baby. He's all in on the Chargers, and he's been all in on the Chargers since the Super Bowl, so – Let's uh, let's give him his props. So, Kev, did you put any money down on them, by the way? Uh, no, I didn't, Kyle. I did not. But as of uh, Monday, I'm able to bet uh, live bets and uh, online gaming in the province of Ontario. There we go. And that is probably what ends my family's future at my children's college fund. <laughs> so thank you very much. Don't forget to game responsibly, folks. And uh, to any of those... Lady, uh, this guy is putting my kids through college! college. <laughs> Hot dogs, get your hot dogs, yeah. Um, Jet, what about you? What are you thinking? Who's who's been the offseason winner so far? Man, I can't I can't disagree with Kev. I, I I love the moves that the Chargers have been making. I really do. If I had to pick a second team, uh, I would probably say I really like what the Dolphins are doing. I love the the Armstead pickup. I love the the trade for Tyree Kill. You know, I love the 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 new model of uh, you know the, you know just be like the Rams, fuck them picks. And, you know what I mean? And, so, but here's the thing with the with the Dolphins, they have two first rounders next year. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I, so, I, I I see that it's nothing like the Rams, but basically, all I got to say about the Dolphins is them boys fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, people forget how uber athletic Mike Gesicki is. Yeah, and, and like, and didn't they pick up uh, uh, what's his name? Another burner, the one from Dallas. He's pretty fast too. Yeah, Cedric Wilson. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So they're they're making good moves, man. They're and making good moves. Watch Chase Edmonds, man. Chase Edmonds is going to be one of those sleeper picks for fantasy this year. I'm telling you, yep. everyone's going over. Yep. Oh, he mostered. He mostered. Chase no Edmonds, problem. Chase Edmonds is going to win people fantasy football championships. I'm yeah. saying that on April the 6th, 2022, whenever you have your fantasy football drafts, Chase Edmonds is a sleeper pick that will win you your championship this year. Clutch. No, I totally get that. And um, I, cause I, I've, I always liked their, their back with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard that kid from Oregon is Jamar a Holland, baby. stud. He's Canadian too, Canadian. right? Yeah, he's a stud. I can't remember which game it was near the end of the season, but he was everywhere. I, that was a Monday Nighter, actually. Yeah, he literally, it felt like the announcers were saying his name on every play. That was against, I'm trying to remember, that was against Baltimore. 
Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, it was against Baltimore. You know, but you know why that got overshadowed is because mm-hmm. that was the game that Hunt, the lineman, caught the pass from Tua and went into the end zone. Oh, and so yeah. that got all the hype, whereas Javon Holland was – and you're right. He was in Lamar Jackson's face all day, yeah. and the Baltimore offensive line could not figure out how to block him. But, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I uh, I really do like both of those teams. You know, there's, there's a sneaky team that's really done well in my eyes in regards to putting together a very low-key, solid offseason so far, and it's it's Houston. I really, I really like what Houston's done on a low key level because one, they fixed the issue that they had last year, which was hiring the wrong head coach. You know, everyone <laughs> can say David Cully did a great job last year. He may have, you know what? They won four games. That's four more than everyone thought they were going to win. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, Lovey Smith is a proven winner in the league. He's run great defenses. I think he's got the respect of everyone in that locker room. And again, you want to have somebody who's able to lead. You want, they want a leader of men with a young team. And the fact that they were able to get the package they got for Deshaun Watson and get rid of that headache again, kudos to that front office for holding firm on that. They hit a home run last year in the third round with Davis Mills. They look like they have a good, solid starter moving forward. And they've actually brought in some, again, not sexy, but solid players to come in. And again, they can compete because the AFC South is a dumpster fire. Like, Mm -hmm. who knows if the Titans are going to be where they were last year. They were the weirdest number one seed I've ever seen in the NFL. And if Derrick Henry's not rolling, Tennessee ain't rolling. And we've all seen that. Jacksonville, we know that they're not going to compete for a couple of years. So they're out of the picture. And then Indianapolis, again, they underperformed hugely last year. And is Matt Ryan going to be the answer? Possibly. Who knows? So, again, if Houston has a good draft, and, again, they maybe sign a few of these, you know, low-hanging fruit free agents that are still out there, they can potentially compete in that division. Not to say that they'll make the playoffs, but they can compete in that division. So, again, kudos to Houston for putting together a low-key offseason. A couple other things that I want to touch on just in the, just in the sports world. So, Again, congratulations to our favorite basketball team, the Toronto Raptors, for clinching their seventh playoff appearance in the last eight years last night. What an unbelievable season they put together with such a young, exciting roster. Guys, honestly, I I see this team being one of these franchises that can actually compete for championships for the next six, seven years. I really do. Like, the East is as wide open as it's ever been. The West, you know, there's not really a big, you know, strong team out there. Like Denver's cruising, Phoenix is cruising, but on any given night, Toronto's beaten these teams, right? Mm-hmm. And not this year, not this year. This year is Chris Paul's year. I really do hope so. If if anyone's gonna win, I really hope it's Phoenix this year because Chris Paul deserves a championship more than any player in the league. But don't sleep on the Raptors, everybody. They've got a team full of six foot seven to six foot nine guys who can all play on the floor together. They can all bring the ball up. They can play number one to number five. And you know, they've got some clutch players on that roster already. And again, Pascal Siakam, his stat line. Do you guys know how impressive his stat line is this year, but it's not being talked about nearly enough. Hmm. You know what he's averaging? 22 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds. Five and a half assists, one and a half steals, one block. He's shooting 50% from the field, 38% from three, and 75% from the free throw line. As a power forward. That's impressive. And no one is talking about him. Pascal Siakam is having arguably one of the best seasons in Raptors franchise history this year. And no one is talking about it. So... Again, you look at that, when OG Ananobi is in the lineup for Toronto this year, they have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Fred Van Vliet is an all-star. Gary Trent Jr. is a 20-point scorer in the NBA. Scotty Barnes is probably going to win Rookie of the Year. There's only been two other rookies in NBA history to do what he's done, That he's that, that you know the stat line that he has this year. Can you name them? 
No idea. Kobe Bryant? Nope. Vince Carter? Nope. Giannis? Nope. The only two rookies to achieve the stat line that Scotty Barnes has are Luka Doncic and Oscar Robertson. Oh, wow. Those are the Correct. only two rookies in NBA history to achieve what Scotty Barnes has this year. And Luca wasn't really like a rookie, though. Well, he's 19 years old, man. Yeah, but he was <laughs> playing pro at 12 years old in Bratislava. Listen, you know, the NBA is so rich with talent right now. This is probably the best that the league has been in a long time. And the oh, fact yeah. that you've got from Luca to Giannis, to Jokic, to Embiid, like this international flavor that you have, it's really good to see because this is what helps a game grow internationally. And this is why you're going to see the NBA keep evolving to the point where it's going to be the number one sport in the world eventually. I'm telling you that right now. It will be. Because look at the explosion it's had in Canada. Right? Canadian basketball is at an all-time high. And speaking of Canadian sports, let's give it up for our men's soccer team. Them boys, them boys, good. And they don't even have their best player. Wait until that monster gets in that lineup. And Jet, when are we putting that wager on Canada to win the 2022 World Cup soccer? Man, I was ready to put it yesterday. Y'all just tell me to pull the trigger. Let's do it, man. We're putting a hundred bones on them because that's gonna pay out what what jet? How much? 19k. So for anybody who is looking for a nice low-hanging fruit bet, we're talking about bet bets being legal in Ontario. The Canadian men's soccer team plus 19,000 chance at winning the men's world cup, which means that your odds are 190 to one. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to be the voice of soccer reason. They're not going to win a single game in their group uh, stage games. And they probably, they probably have the closest game they could possibly have, maybe against Morocco. Okay, Kev, I will literally put 50 bucks on the line right now. $50 Fifty dollars yep. that they win a group stage game. Yep. Okay, I I'll take that bet. Perfect. So Very that is our weird weekly wager. Well, well, on the spot. Look at that fifty dollar <laughs> bet on Canada $50. winning a game in the group stage. I will say it. They're going to win one, and I'm not going to say they're going to win. They're going to win two, but the bet's only for one. The bet. Who only do you for think one. they beat in the two? Because that means they're making it to the next round. Yeah, for the knockout rounds. Who I'm do you gonna, think they beat? doesn't matter they're going to anyways the fact of the matter is they will win one round robin game in their uh in their set so put that one on the board everybody i'm winning 50 bucks from kevin kelly so we gotta wait until november (laughs) (laughs) if you're still if there's still a show in november everybody Hey, I will have failed even, at sabotaging this shit. Even if there is a, sh- even if there isn't a show, I'm still collecting that shit. Um, but anyways, bottom line, Jet, you're you're throwing a hundred bones on behalf of the podcast and collectively. When Canada walks away with that dub, we'll be getting a cool check for 19k. Oh man, it's gonna be so much smoke shack. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So, Tyler, you're welcome. <laughs> all right. Um, now, we're going to have a theme for tonight's episode, and I think we're all excited about this because we've been talking about doing this for a long time, but it's just, you know, things have come up, and we've had spur-of-the-moment episodes. We've had to take some time away, but this is one that we wanted to do forever because I think it's a passion for all of us, and it really has a good, a good hold you know, on all of us still. Because it reminds us a lot of our childhood and our youth. So tonight's theme of the uh, of the podcast is going to be video games and sports. And again, the two go so well hand in hand, we had to do a full episode on it. So 
that being said, before we get into the full-on topic of tonight, the segments are going to be all related around video games as well. So, Kev, let's kick it off with you and grind some beans on some sports video games. Grind them beans. Okay, I got uh, I got some beans to grind here, but I think uh, the first bean I'm going to grind, and and you know I love I love sports. I love esports, right? I've been active in the esports community for a little while, and in, in my job and with kids, and trying to help grow that as in, at least at the high school level, and it's growing internationally. It's really starting to take a hold here in North America. I love esports. However, it's going to take a lot of horrible views for the world to finally adopt esports for what it is a sport. In every way, shape, or form, esports is a sport. It's not a game of chance. In fact, true esports uh, aims away from games that are mostly based on chance and focuses on the most highly skilled games. One of the more simple games that can be played at the esports level is a game known as Rocket League. And the best way to describe it for people that don't play it is it's essentially uh, a giant game of soccer played between two monster trucks. It seems very, uh, you know, juvenile at first, but the skill set that goes into it, the nuances of the game, and the demand it has on players uh, is incredible. Okay, from a cerebral side and from a physical side. It's incredible. And when you do a deep dive into esports and you start to see the average age of competitors, the you know, you look at the peak performance window for athletes, right? When we say an athlete is in their prime, right? It's usually sport dependent, right? A sport like uh let's say football, uh, depending on the position, you know, your prime might be uh 25 to 31. Um if that, right? I mean, if you look at the average lifespan for certain positions, it's like two years in the NFL. When you look at esports, the younger you are, the more competitive you are, and the more in your prime you are. 19 years old is the prime for more most esport um, games, right? If you treat each game as its own separate sport within the esports world, 19 is like the the prime age. You get past 23, 24, and you are an old fart, and the game has passed <laughs> you by. And I learned that uh, in kind of helping develop the league for, for our high school um, school board league that we run. I met a person who competed internationally in a, in a game called Dota, and uh, he was ranked the top 100 players in the world. And I'm talking to him, and he's a young puppy. He's like 24, 25 years old. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. And then I'm looking at him going, what are you doing? Because he was getting into FIFA. I'm like, what are you doing getting into FIFA? you got to go down to Vegas and make some money, my friend. And he looks at me and goes, oh, no, 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 I'm done. Like, a year ago is when I just lost it all. From a physical standpoint, he lost all abilities to compete at that stage. And you think about the pressure that goes into it and the games itself, the pressure goes into it. So I've seen firsthand the demand that's there. And I'm going to say esports as a sport in comparison to difficult level or difficulty level to other sports we consider sports, it's right up there. It really is. And it's going to take a lot of people recognizing that this competition and the essence of sport has been applied to video games. And it's not just a recreational thing anymore, just like skateboarding and riding on um, a sheet of uh, fiberglass on waves is not just surfing for fun or skateboarding for fun. It is a competitive sport that has spawned an entire Olympic style event every year in the X Games. This is what esports is. There's a reason why there's a hundred thousand people being packed into stands in Korea. Um, there's a reason why a 16 year old kid filled up the grandstands at Arthur Ashe Stadium in the Fortnite world championship and walked away a millionaire. There is so much money behind it. There is so much uh, fandom behind it. And it is unreal when you start to see the level of commitment and difficulty that is in these games and you watch someone who is skilled at it. Much the same way you watch someone like Aaron Rodgers uh, throwing on a rope on Sunday, it's something else to see someone who is in the top 100 ranked globally for any of these games it 
it's a sight to behold. And with that and confidence, I can say the thing that's grinding my beans, Kyle, is we in North America need to drop those old stereotypes when it comes to video games and embrace esports for what it is, put it on TV, make it a mainstream sport. You're going to realize there's more people that are going to tune into that for even some of the sports we have on there now. You, you know what's grinding my beans on this whole thing, Kevin? Where was this e-gaming league when we were in high school and college? Because I'm telling you right now, a young Kyle Kirkwood would have been a Madden champion, no ifs, ands, or buts. I am telling you without purpose, that would have been my go-to. I would have stopped playing altogether and focused on making money playing Madden, honestly. So, you know, the, fact the province that, of Ontario is don't not donating is allocating $2 million in, in scholarships to go to anyone in the province willing to study at the post-secondary level in a marketing or esports degree. And there are degrees now, like we, like there is a whole new field and I wish it was there when we were coming up because there's no way I was studying sociology well, well if there was esports to you study in university anyone you say that's what i looked into it <laughs> i'm not kidding i looked at Lindsay. i said listen if, if i go back to school here you're cool she was not cool <laughs> anyways yeah i uh i couldn't agree with you more and, I, and again i always reference you know things that that are relevant in in the media whenever it comes to stuff like this and you know, obviously we've all, we're all familiar with the show ballers. And one of the prominent storylines in a season of ballers was, you know, an NFL defensive tackle who is actually considering retiring from playing to go and pursue a career as an e-gamer. Right. And it was a serious thing because he would have made just as much money being an e-gamer as he would have playing the game of football. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's so true. And I think that with the way that technology has evolved the way that it has, you know, with all for all the kids who can't physically play the sports that they want to play or do it at a high enough level, it's a good alternative. And it really is. Like it provides you with opportunities now to pursue, you know, an education, get a scholarship and make a lot of money eventually. So um, again, good on, good on you for bringing that to light and good on you for really starting to, again, put, bring this thing to light in the city of Ottawa and creating it what it is. So um, again, e-gaming, get out there and make some money, everybody. <laughs> All right, Jet, sorry to interrupt your uh, your 9.30 meal here, but uh, <laughs> what's going on what's in the world of video games with another installment of Constantly Improving? Well, um, I know we're going to be talking about this a little bit, but I was just thinking about the the level at which like some games just couldn't have an injury setting. <laughs> and I'm specifically thinking about NBA Jam. Okay. Like there is no way that you go up for a three-point shot and someone <laughs> full-on pushes your legs from under you and it's just like, all you hear is, you lose the ball and then it just continues on yeah so i love that they just figured you know what let's just take injuries out of this game fuck it because if we leave injuries <laughs> in this game no one will make it through this yeah game. oh <laughs> and, and the amount of frustration that would have happened with young kids playing that would have been through the roof oh it would have been insane insane but with that being said injuries are a real thing but it is nice that you can remove that setting from a video game setting to not have to worry about it. But the reality is if you were to play a basketball game and get hit midair, the, ch- the, the likelihood of you getting injured, whether it be a torn ACL, whether how many times have we seen basketball players dunk fall off the rim after the dunk and then landing, trying to break their fall with their arm and breaking your arm. Yeah. So I know it's very simplistic what I'm saying, but absolutely, positively, there's no way that 
those games would be in a real world setting. But it's very cool to see how as games have evolved, especially Madden, because Madden, one of the most frustrating things ever was like a guy would get tackled and then it would just pop up and say, torn ACL, not coming back. And you're like, what the hell happened? (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. But they're making it look so real now. Yeah. That you can almost see the injury happen. Yeah. Or a guy gets hit and you're like, oh, that's a concussion. Do you remember? Do you remember when they let when they let guys play when they were like semi-injured? So it's like pull hamstring and then can come back in the game and you can yep. put them back and they'd run with like their hand on their hamstring running up and down the field. Yep. Yep. That was my yep. favorite, favorite yep. part of playing the game. When now they say, you know, you could put them back in, but I'll say like high likelihood of re-injury. Yeah. So I love how real that is. You yeah. Know I mean, like, like you said, before you could just put them back in and they would hold their leg. Yeah. But now ah. they just now they just tell you right away. Uh high likelihood of, of, of re-injury well, like oh okay and i mean you got these things though where it's like it's legit injury so it's like torn acl and it'll say like out 48 weeks yeah so it's like you yeah. you can't play with that guy if you're in like a career mode for a good you know season and a half so you know the the injury part of of games has really evolved to the point like you know tony hawk skateboarding was notwithstanding but you know the injury portion of video games has really evolved. You're right. And I, I just remember the first time I saw blood when in NHL 95, when you got in a fight and someone got punched and you saw blood start coming down from the guy's face, mm-hmm. even though it was a you know 2d game, it was crazy. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that we got that shit out of the way, let's get into our favorite and the best sports video games of all time now this is going to be an open discussion but what i've done is i've kind of gone through and just just from memory and i've you know kind of looked up a few things but these are by category my favorite games that i've played throughout my my life so we're talking all the way from nintendo to arcade to sega to n64 to all of the newer you know um you know, gaming uh, platforms that we have now, but let's start talking about our favorite sport video games and how they've just one captivated us as children and still stuck out to the stuck out to us to this day. So which category do we want to talk about first here, boys? Cause again, I've got it all listed here. You guys can see my screen, which category do you want to talk about? Is there anything that sticks out to you on that list that we can start out with? And anything that you want to add? I, you know what's catching my eye right now is golf. All right. And I'm remembering Tiger Woods. So let's highlight. So let's highlight golf because this is one that I think really, you know, again, brought EA Sports to that other level because you know obviously EA Sports is is the king when it comes to you know sport video games but you have selected power drive <laughs> might <laughs> I suggest feather touch power drive holy Carvalho's putting challenge parking lot <laughs> that is the rental price <laughs> oh please take my money <laughs> um but uh, yeah, so EA Sports, Tiger Woods, PGA Tour Golf, I mean, really came to be when we were in college because like, we're looking at 2004, 2005 timeframe when this really started to you know, take hold of, uh, uh, you know, of the world. And I mean, I just look at it from where we were at and this is like, we're playing tournaments for this. And remember, like we used to play this for money in college. We'd play it for pizza. We'd play, we like, this is basically what we do on the podcast now, but we do it playing Tiger Woods instead of the We Weekly Wager. And, you know, again, you're getting to play with these different golfers, but, you know, Kev, you mentioned like the Tiger Vision. You've got, you know, the, you know, what was it? Like the power drive, you can actually like tap one of the buttons to increase your, you know, the, the speed of your, um, of, of your backspin and all that kind of shit. Like, the courses were so realistic. The swings were different for the golfers. Like it was, it was really iconic when it came to be. And again, I think what really derailed that whole franchise was obviously Tiger Woods indiscretions outside of golf. But you know, at the end of the day, 
everyone kind of looks at that as being the golf franchise when it comes to video games. I never it's really got into golfing games, though. Well, I mean, why not? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I saw you guys playing all the time. I just... I felt like art imitated life, and I was so bad at it that I didn't even want to play it in a video game form. <laughs> so fair. you guys remember? I'm really, <laughs> I'm a really bad golfer. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> golf is one of the hardest sports you can actually play because if you don't practice it, you're not going to be good at it. This is true. It's an awful, it, awful sport. <laughs> <laughs> but it was bad. It was bad. Um. But and the other one I have on there was Jack Nicholas Golf for Nintendo. And I just remember that game because it was one that my dad used to love playing when I was like a little, little kid. So I'm like four years old. And I remember he the two games he used to love to play were Castlevania and Good Jack game. and Jack Nicholas Golf. So you can imagine Good Big game. Scotty Kate is rocking Castlevania and Jack Nicholas Golf all the time. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, what do we want to hit up next here, boys? Well, I have I have something that I noticed. Where where are the soccer games, bro? Oh, that's right. Yeah, FIFA. Yeah, FIFA was yeah, huge. FIFA was huge. I know. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He, Vieri. he strikes it. He strikes it well. <laughs> so that's yes, where I, I first heard learning of British or uh, Scottish. <laughs> broadcasters for soccer i agree and you know that's my bad i actually was creating this list um you know before the show and uh as you guys both know i've uh, made it very clear to you i haven't been feeling the greatest the last few days so i had to take a little break um in between doing this and uh and coming on to uh to do the podcast so anyways yes soccer was definitely one that i think a lot of people have again resonated with because it's such an international sport. You can literally sell this game across the world and people know the players, people know the teams and the gameplay is actually very good. You can know nothing about soccer and be very good at playing FIFA. And again, mm-hmm. I think FIFA is one of those franchises that's evolved every single year. And now it's so realistic, you know, when it comes to the actual gameplay, the players look exactly like they do on, yeah. you know, on a real game. And I, I think there was a video that I watched, you know, a couple of weeks ago, actually, where one of these, like, like, I don't know if it was like a nephew or a niece or whatever, but they were staying with their uncle and they were wanting to mess with him because he's a huge soccer fan. And what they did was they put, they, they hooked up their gaming system to his TV without him knowing, and they had it going on demo mode. And he thought it was a wow. real game. And he's watching it, and he's cursing and swearing at the TV because his team is losing. And they're filming him, you know, in his reactions, and they're dying laughing because it's all a demo from the video game. And he has no idea. He thinks it's a real game. So, I mean, the fact that it can actually have that type of, you know, again, graphic is is saying something about, you know, where it's come over the years. But, yes, FIFA, definitely one of the best, you know, games of all time, especially when you're talking about, like, the shootout mode. Those things were were pretty lit back in the day. Yeah. It's kind of funny that I lose my 11-year-old son now. (laughs) I literally talked to my I literally talked to Tess and I'm like, it's too fast. It's too fast. I don't like it anymore. I don't like it anymore. (laughs) Uh yeah. Um so here's one that uh that I can you know really start to get into. I think you know, from a really interesting level. So I'm going to go to racing because racing kind of captivates a whole different side of sport, right? Because, I mean, you look at everyone looking at, you know, racing as a sport like F1 and NASCAR and IndyCar and everything. But I kind of categorize all this stuff. So here's the list of games that I put on there, guys. You guys can, like, add or comment on any of these. But, you know, Need for Speed, one of the best racing games of all time has made it through several systems starting all the way back in Super Nintendo. Here's the one from our from an arcade point of view that I used to love playing every time we went to the theater or whatever. Cruising USA. 
Cruising, <laughs> cruising USA. Yes, <laughs> and like when you got to pick the extended version of the cars, that just made your life because there's so many iconic cars in that game. Yeah, um, Mario Kart. So whether it's Mario Kart SNES or Mario Kart 64, like you cannot talk about racing games without mentioning the great Mario Kart franchise. Mm-hmm. Take a ride in that rainbow road, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Top Gear. Again, Top Gear spawned a movie out of it. So you look at where it's come from, from a Nintendo game. It's actually spawned a show, a movie, and it's made it through, again, every system leading up to now with the PS5. So it's it's actually pretty insane, the longevity of Top Gear. And here's one that only the three of us will know. And again, if any listener knows what this game is, good on you. But this is back from the regular Nintendo days. You guys remember Excite Bike? So okay, good. I got to talk about Excite Bike for a second. <laughs> Did you guys used to have this happen, or is there something wrong with me optically? Where all of a sudden the hills that you're jumping are almost inverted. Yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That used to freak me up. It's like you blink and all of a sudden. What the hell just happened? Why is it a bunch of gullies instead of hills? That that is the level of graphics we learned to play video games on. It was basically a, a magic 3D eye that we were using to play on. But you want to know what the cool part about Excite Bike was? And you know, it's true because I actually read this. It's the first game that let you build your own track. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> uh, that, that's all I remember it for because you could build your own track. That's literally the only thing I remember from that game. Um, all right. So, anything else sticking out to you boys on this list? Because again, I mean, again, these are iconic games from the last forty years. So, Blades of Steel pops out because I remember that. The game you didn't even care about the gameplay, you just wanted to get into fights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just have to you just have to keep circling yeah. in the other player's zone, and then eventually when you body check, they latch on yeah. like, yes, here we go. Bang, 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 bang. Blades <laughs> of steel. Um how about uh, the video game that would play during the intermission? Yes, the asteroids game. Yeah, the yeah. big looking thing. Yeah, whatever it was. But, uh, you know, along the same lines of Blades of Steel, because, again, iconic game, but the less renowned ice hockey. You guys remember ice hockey? Yeah, he could be the fat guy, the middle guy, or the skinny guy. Yeah, it was the best. (laughs) I used to love just having a whole thing of fat guys, and we never got out of our zone, but we crushed whoever came near us. And you could just rifle the puck from your own end and it would go in, because they had the the best shot in the world. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny that you're mentioning the, the just shooting it from your own end. Remember in Wayne Gretzky hockey, there was a there was a glitch mm-hmm. and you would just have to clear the puck from just before the blue line and, fl- and it would go it. in every single time. So Wayne Gretzky 3D <laughs> hockey, again, one of the most underrated games because it had elements of NBA jam in it because yes. the there was would light up. Yeah, they had the flaming puck. And if you had the flaming puck, you would score automatically you would knock the goalie in his own net and score and then you had uh what was it uh you had like the the mario version so basically it would be like mario on a star so everything you ran into would like you know bounce off of you it was such a great game but no one really knew what it was because it was for n64 and the two games that everyone played for n64 were mario and goldeneye mario and goldeneye Mm -hmm. I think they gave Wayne Gretzky with the uh, system. It's like, cool, Wayne Gretzky. Anyways, Goldeneye, Mario, playing these for the next four or five years. Yeah. And and I mean, the NHL franchise, you want to talk about longevity. This is one that's, you know, you know, spanned from the early nineties until now, you know, you're talking about an iconic franchise that really kind of took shape in 1994 with NHL 94 for Sega. And, you know, again, these are games that just categorized what it was like for our childhood. And I mean, I was a huge NHL 95 guy, but the one game in the NHL franchise that sticks out to me is NHL 99 
for N64, you could do a drag move from the blue line. And basically, if you skate, if you're a right-handed shot, you'd skate down the right side of the ice, you'd hold the R button, and you drag yourself diagonally all the way across to the left side of the ice, and you would score every time when you released it from the play, from the face-up circle. It was the greatest glitch ever. You would win the game 42 to nothing because all you would have to do is just do that move and you'd win. But again, hockey games, NHL franchise, longevity is fantastic. Um, let's go over to one of our uh, one of our other topics here. So in other, I've got uh, I've got a few games. So let's go to the the classic, you know, Again, came with the Nintendo system, Duck Hunter. Oh, oh. You want to talk about a frustrating game? That fucking dog, that little piece of shit every time you miss a duck and he'd laugh at you? Man, you wanted to drive him through the screen. I have nightmares of the sounds of that dog to this day. <laughs> I think I remember, like I think I was like a five-year-old and I missed a her. Was yeah, it was five, and I missed a duck, and the dogs are laughing at me, and my dad started swearing at him because of how pissed off he was getting. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad, of course, someone who was trained in firearms, which yeah. is funny. Well, my dad used to literally sit on the couch like 40 feet away from the TV and would be able to pick off the ducks on the screen. Oh, Meanwhile, I'd be holding it. Oh, the yeah. Screen. I'm right, I'm right up against bang, the screen, and I'm bang, still and, bad ducks, <laughs> and I'm still missing everyone. Um, yeah. But uh, again, great iconic game. I don't know if you guys remember this one. Remember 1080 snowboarding? Yeah. Yes. For N64, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Again, N64 is one of the most underrated gaming systems of all time, but it really didn't get the kudos that it should have gotten. Because if it was out today with the games that it came out with back then, it would be the best system ever. It was just innovative with the games. Yeah, I think it was because it came out as PlayStation was was really hitting it, and all yeah. of a sudden you had something other than a cartridge system. And then uh, N sixty four had like you know those great years from what ninety six to two thousand. Then PS two came out, and that was the end of it. Yeah, once PS two came out, the world was different. Do you guys remember Nintendo GameCube and Sega Dreamcast? How short lived yeah. those things were. <clears throat> all, I remember, all I remember from Dreamcast was that in the football game, Randy Moss was unstoppable. Oh. Like, he was the equivalent of <laughs> of uh, Mike Vick in, was it? Two, oh, two, Madden 2004. Madden 2004. It was ridiculous. Just throw the ball up in the air every single time. Dream, yeah. Dreamcast, the two, well, two games, Jet Set uh, Radio, which was basically just inline skating. But love the fishing on Dreamcast. Yeah. Like, the little controller, just sit there all day. <laughs> Yep, yep. Um, and here's another one that I, I hadn't put on there for other, but you mentioned fishing bass masters. I mean, oh, yeah, fantastic oh, yeah. game for, for Super Nintendo. But but here's the one another that I really wanted to talk about because again, I think all of us played it. Fantastic game, revolutionized this sport. Tony Hawk. The first game I would spend hours upon hours playing for no reason at all. It's, a, it's like a true sandlot game, right? Yeah. Where you're open world, just do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And like I think that's what a lot of people liked about playing the game is that there wasn't anything that you were like up against time-wise. You weren't competing against anything. You just do cool shit, go through, you know, different different levels, you know, and experience the the world of skateboarding <laughs> without having anything kind of and I think that's what skateboarding is all about in general. Right, like you're just out yep. there, kind of doing your thing and just experimenting with different tricks and all that kind of shit. Plus, the soundtrack was awesome. The soundtrack was awesome, and we'll get into some soundtracks as we kind of move into other other games and other sports genres here, because there's some pretty iconic soundtracks for sure. Um, so, let's go over to baseball, and you know, baseball is one of these ones where it's really hard to kind of get different with baseball because. You know, you have a pitcher, you have a batter, right? It, it doesn't really change. Are you, are you, you know, are you playing it from the pitching angle? Are you playing it from the batting angle? So, obviously, you've got the two more modern franchises with MLB The Show and MVP Baseball. But the one game that I really want to talk about, which I think all of us 
have played in our lifetime. This is one of my top three favorite video games of all time. Ken Griffey Baseball for Super Nintendo. Like, you want to talk about an iconic video game that really set the standard for the sport that it represented? This was literally the game that people you know, gravitated towards for Super Nintendo. And, you know, forget about actually playing it. The home run derby is what everyone needs to go do it for. Like, yeah. no one cared about, you know, actually playing the game. You get can of corn in there against Ken Griffey Jr., you got yourself a derby, everyone. <laughs> can of corn against Ken Griffey Jr. Classics. Can of corn? Can of corn. Can of corn, I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but, like, how good was Ken Griffey baseball? Pretty darn good. Yeah, it was he solid. Was pretty good. Plus, he was back when Ken Griffey was everyone's hero. Oh, my God. And, like... You talk about just the best player at that time, and it actually like it got his swing right in the game, even when it was back in the you know Nintendo days. It got his swing perfectly, and I think that's what everyone loved about it. Do you remember when you would do the swing? Sometimes, if you didn't do it right, it would just get stuck there. No, like there would be no follow through. <laughs> no, I used to have that problem all the time when I play that game, where just all of a sudden, and I. Sw- and I didn't swing all the way, and it's stuck there, and I'm recoiling back, and I'm, sl- and I'm stuck, and yeah. I'm recoiling. All right, I struck out, and I never actually swung once. I just remember pitching, and you could literally move the pitcher left and right as you were throwing the ball. Like As you were winding up, you could move him left and right, and the yeah. ball would start out over here, and then banana all the way across to the other side, and it was almost impossible to hit the ball if you knew how to pitch properly. Mm-hmm. No, it was great. It was so frustrating, but it was great. Um, all right. So let's go to combat. So for combat, I'm talking about boxing and MMA. And, you know, you guys can pick which one you want to highlight there, but I know which one I love and which one that I would really want to talk about. But w- what stands out to you in the combat section? <laughs> Do you remember we were playing Punch-Out one night? And the game glitched, and the and whoever I, I was fighting or you were fighting got hung up in the in the uh, rope. Uh, oh, it was fight night. Ring. It was fight night. It was fight night. Yeah, that was it. Fight night. And whatever punch combo we were in, it it was just stuck there. It was just punching for like twenty minutes. We kept watching the replay of the guy just getting dummied and punched over and over, losing our minds, laughing. I don't even think it was that funny. But at two in the morning after gaming for eight hours, yeah. we couldn't stop laughing to that one thing. The glitches were what did it for me. Hey, hey Kyle. Hey, Kyle, remember, remember <clears throat> I'm going to mention a story. I know you're already laughing. Yeah. You already know. So, Kev, I don't know if you ever heard the story. Kyle and I are at my, uh, at my place, and we're playing UFC, okay? So we're playing UFC, and we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. My mom calls, so I'm playing, and I just keep talking while my mom's on the phone. And as I go in for a double leg shoot, I think you had Shogun. I can't remember who I, I had. You had, Mich- you had Machida. I know you had Machida. I don't know yeah, who it was I Machida had. against Shogun. I think okay. that's what it was. <clears throat> and I go in for a double leg, and as I go in for the double leg, Kyle knees me perfectly, and I go out clean but i'm on the phone with my mom so i'm like yeah so (laughs) (laughs) and she was so worried about you (laughs) she's like are you okay are you okay i'm like sorry mom it's it's, it's just just a video game (laughs) i just got the shit knocked out of me (laughs) well the the best part about it is that you didn't know when you were going to get knocked out and that That's was the fun of it and that was the difference between ufc and boxing was because boxing you had the energy meter so energy, you, yeah. you knew that someone was close to being knocked out, whereas in UFC, you had no idea. You could get hit with 400 punches and be fine, and then just throw one haymaker and knock the guy out. Unless you got rocked. That yeah. was always the worst. Like, okay, yeah. now the screen is all wavy. <laughs> this is it. Got to get out of it. Keep pressing it. Keep pressing it. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. And then like a jab done. done. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. No one ever tried submissions because they were impossible to hit whenever you were fighting someone, you know, in a, in a two-player game. But um, 
yeah, UFC was was really fun with the initial one that came out. But uh, you know, I, you look at Punch Out, and again, you talk about an iconic game, and like this is back when like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, so like nineteen eighty eight, and like you've got the Little Mac, you know, versus versus the world, right? And everyone had that one boxer who they couldn't beat, and whether it was you know King Hippo or you know what was his name. Um, the, the guy with the rose in his mouth pissed me off. The full the flamenco. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, no, the other guy who that was the Sandman. I think it was Sandman. The guy right before Mike Tyson. I could never beat that motherfucker. <laughs> and every time I'd be like, "Okay, he's gonna go. I've got him down. Oh, I'm finally gonna do it." And then he'd land one punch, and I'd go out, and I'm like, "No, <laughs> motherfuck." <laughs> uh. Uh, and like, even as sorry, a- I gotta interrupt because Kyle, all I know is you and your brother growing up with Nintendo, and now that I know your dad would play it occasionally too, I just love the story of uh, you and Ryan playing Battle Toads, Battle Toads, and you losing, getting angry, and throwing the controller at Ryan and breaking. His no, 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 here's what happened. So, this is like my first foray into video games. So I'm like three or four years old. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm barely even fucking talking and you know my brother having you know another year or two advanced on me for that Battletoads is one of those games where you can actually throw your partner off of a cliff and beat up your partner which was like the worst thing you could do because it just infuriates you because you think that you're working in tandem but then your partner can do whatever they want. So if like, if you're Baxter and you're fighting somebody, they could take you and flip you over their head and throw you off of a bridge. (laughs) So he kept doing it to me and he was laughing and he kept doing it and laughing. And finally I had enough. And then he threw me (laughs) off of the bridge like six or seven times. And I dropped the controller and I just hauled off and like right crossed him across the, across the bridge. And his nose just exploded and there's blood everywhere and i just pick up the controller and keep playing and he's like Ma. <laughs> <laughs> but then he got me back a couple years later we were watching the mike tyson lennox lewis fight and we were pretending to box and i zigged when i should have zagged and he caught me with an uppercut and uh he knocked my nose in the next week so it's uh it's all good and that's why my nose is so nasally to this day but um Anyways, it's all it's all fun in the Kirkwood house when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> he'll love that story because he'll he'll listen to this and he'll remember that for sure. Oh, poor Ryan. <laughs> well, so stop throwing me off the fucking bridge. <laughs> all right, so let's go over to basketball. Um, lots to choose from in the basketball realm because again, you've got different variations of NBA games and you've got an NCAA franchise on there too. So. I'll, I'll go with the NCAA version. So the reason I loved NCAA was because of the, of the recruiting aspect of it. Like you look at the innovation that the NCAA franchises for football and basketball really gave, you know, gave you, you can go out and recruit your players. And that again, it's what's fun about college, you know, sports in general, when you talk about college video games or talk about video games, when you're looking at, again, playing with specific players, it's like creating your own player. You can target what you want in a player and go out and recruit them to go play for your team. That was what was so cool about it. And I look at, you know, I think it was NBA or NCAA basketball 09. When was Kevin Durant on the cover? I think. Was it 09? 08? Uh, Something like that. No, it was was with Kevin Durant. No, no, it was one with Adam Morrison on the cover. That was the one. One with Adam Morrison. And uh, that was such a great game because it was the first year you could actually go and, you know, create your own team. You could take over a, a school, you can recruit. Like it was, it was great. It was fantastic. Um, but now you look at some of the variations Like we've already mentioned NBA jam again, jet, you mentioned it in your segment, mm-hmm. NBA jam, one of our favorite games ever. Like he's on fire when, you know, the, you know, he's heating up from downtown. From downtown. <laughs> and you talk about like some of the most unbeatable combos in NBA Jam, especially tournament edition. What was your go-to team in NBA Jam? Because I know what mine was. But what was your go-to team in NBA Jam? Wasn't it? Well, there was Grant and Pippen. 
Well, you no, you guys pick. Who is your go-to team? It was mine was Phoenix, always Phoenix. Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley. Yeah, every time. Well, because you could just shoot threes all the whole game. All day. Because <laughs> I loved hearing from down, down. Especially when they had the four point and the five point uh, box. You get a guy oh. who can shoot threes, you'd, li- you'd literally crush everybody. Firing. So, Jet, you like the Bulls with uh, Pippen and I Grant? Like the Bulls. I like the Bulls. You know who? Well, I, I like the, I like the Magic too. You know who I was unbeatable with? The Charlotte Hornets. Oh, nice. You get. Grandmama and Muggsy Bogues, unbeatable. Because Larry Johnson could shoot threes, and he was a you know he was one of the power guys, so he could dunk without getting knocked on his ass, like Jet was talking about. And Muggsy Bogues had the handles where you couldn't steal the ball from him. So you literally had the best of both worlds. And then if you wanted to switch it up, you had Alonzo Mourning on the team too, so you could block every shot that came through. Because remember how like you could goaltend on every shot too. If someone was shooting a three, you could goaltend the shit out of that ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the rules were very, like, gray area. They were loose. They were loose. (laughs) So quickly, um, you remember NBA Street? Yes. Fantastic game. And again, just a different variation of basketball that I think everyone kind of, you know, liked because you got things outside of a basketball arena like it was on the blacktop you get it out in rucker park like it, it was just one of those things where again it just evolves the game a little bit more and creates the you know different atmosphere but the one thing i want to highlight nba live so it's again it's not non-existent anymore you guys remember nba, NBA live 05 with the dunk contest no no anyone who anyone who has played NBA Live 05, will remember, you could control the dunk contest and have like a very immersive, you know, because basically you had the joysticks, right? So you could literally have 700 different variations of dunks. You could throw alley-oops to yourself. It was so good. But that was the one thing I liked about that game. It was one of the first games that actually, you know, got you the, um, was the broadcast view. Of the, of the game as well. So it really made it more, more lifelike. So as we're winding down, let's get into, again, I think the most iconic sports, you know, franchise. And we'll talk about the sport of football. So we've already kind of hit on a lot of these different things. And we'll talk about Madden at length. But a couple that I have on here too. Kev, one of your favorites, NFL Blitz. I know that you love that yes. game. NFL Blitz is one of those ones that just, again, gave you that different, variation of football one of my favorites from it from when i was a kid joe montana sports talk football great game again iconic entry herschel walker was unstoppable for the new york giants in that game um tech mobile again bo jackson most unstoppable character in any sports game uh nfl street nfl 2k franchise and ncaa football but let's get into the granddaddy madden and the madden franchise so, some things that stick out to you guys from the Madden franchise. Remember mini games? How much fun the mini games were! That was like obviously the game itself was great, but we would play rushing attack yeah. for hours on end. And again, we'd play it for who was buying the pizza that night. Yeah, a hundred percent every time. <laughs> I bought a lot of pizza. <laughs> Although I felt like mini games were my alley because I didn't like picking plays. I would always pick run plays because I found them more fun. So the rushing attack was like, oh, this is the most enjoyable part of the game over and over for me. So or I'd never punt. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really liked um, – there was that – I can't remember which year it was introduced, but, you know, when uh, – if you wanted to get your skill level up, they would make you like run a four, like run a 40 or yeah. do like a bag drill or something like that. Or you'd have to, that was, um, oh, six, if you were a quarterback, they yeah. would throw like these balls at you yeah. and you'd have to move out of the way. And that would improve your awareness. Yeah. I found th- those were so much fun. Yeah. That was Oh six. I think that was Oh six. When did they come out with the trucks? Dude? That was, that was Oh five. I got a big <laughs> 
So 04 is when they introduced the mini games. 05 is when they introduced the truck stick. And I think 06 is when they introduced the increase your skill level type thing. But yeah, the mini games were, were great. And, you know, you talk about the rushing attack. My favorite was the, uh, the quarterback accuracy. We had to throw it through the, the hoops because oh, yeah. some of those throws were so hard to make. And when you finally got them, you were so happy because it's like, shit, I just, I just improved my quarterback's accuracy by seven just with that one throw. um but the one thing we talked about soundtracks do you guys remember how epic the madden soundtracks were before the copyright shit started to get into into play like that uh like that one what was it oh four oh four oh my god like songs in that soundtrack i i'll play to this day like yeah just beyond that yeah Madden 04, for anyone who hasn't listened to that soundtrack, just go on YouTube. They literally have it as a playlist, and you can go listen to it. It's It actually is really good. You've got, like, brand-name musicians who are performing at the peak of their careers. Like, again, it's... it's I it, say you don't know. You say <laughs> you don't know. Well, like, say, again... Oh, uh, well, there you go. So, so, Kev, you got it. So, rhyme it off from Madden 2004. Okay, so, um, well, the, the first one that I think of every time is uh, uh, Joe Budden, Pump It Up. Yeah. The Ultimate. Bump, they had Blink-182. Yeah. Action. Um, Outcast, featuring Big Boy Church. Yeah. Uh, Nappy Roots, Around the Globe. Uh, Alien Ant Farm, These Days. Edema, Unstable. So The Roots, Rock You. Yeah. Uh, Killer Mike. Um, was it? action yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh bubba sparks back oh, in the mud. that was my favorite that was my f- especially during rushing attack bone crusher never yeah. scared classic um yeah jet are you gonna be my girl yeah am radio take it for a ride federation ma'am thrice all that's left yellow card way away uh job give up the grudge give up the uh, grudge avenge sevenfold chapter four uh, day by day, like so many big bands, obviously, but but like but, all these songs stuck in my head. Oh, and again, like that that soundtrack. I mean, even when I play, <clears throat> you know, even when I was playing Madden, like ten years later, I would still remember those songs because that's what sticks out to you when you're playing the game, right? Like you, you think about all these great additions that they made to it, like. You know, I always loved the owner mode, franchise mode. Like the mini games were great, um, but the soundtracks were really what made it. And then when they took it all away, it kind of like that's what you know these these games have lost over time. Because you used to have like again bands being paid to write songs specifically for that video game, and that was the great part about it. Um, you know, Kev, you made mention of it during one of our trivia episodes, but the first game that we you know, really started playing for Madden, which was the Eddie George version in 2001. Yep. Do you remember Exhibit actually wrote a custom song that introduced that game? And I think it was called In the Game. And it literally was like an EA Sports yes, brand. It was game. an awesome intro. It was song. so good. It was so uh, good. Yes, that's flashing into my head right now. Yeah. Because it was right at the time when Exhibit was huge. Too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the other one that I think of for soundtracks that was really good um, was uh, NBA 2K11 because I think it was Eminem, Snoop, Busta Rhymes. Like, you had a just an A-list, you know, group of musicians who were putting songs out specifically for the game. And, again, one thing that kind of goes underrated is just the music that, kind of goes with the video games but on that note let's leave it and that's our video game episode of uh of the front office podcast so fellas how did we like that uh very nostalgic <laughs> i think we're all gonna go and you know play a little bit of video games before we go Franz ferdinand take me out <laughs> there you go Great song. take Great me song. out um, say, don't you know? and, and on that note, this is going to take us out. So good, uh, good on you, Kev, for for having timing on that one. Um, 
But again, thank you to Dine Sports for everything you guys do and uh, producing our uh, our lovely podcast. Thank you to the good listener, to Kevin's Ghouls, for tuning in every week. And uh, again, go check out the thefrontofficepodcast.com for all of our content, along with some cool downloadable stuff as well. And Jet, are you going to be my girl? Yes or no? Later, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a show. Hell of a show.